I'm Alexander Price, and you're listening to Machine Elf Radio. This week I chatted with New York street artist Blue Dog. We talked about the idea that the world ended already in the year 2012, and so uh, that kind of explains why things have been so weird the past five years. And then I guess we talked a little bit about like the breakdown in belief in reality or truth generally that's going on and about the you know the rise of the internet and social media and the death of um the death of journalism and whether anything is real or anything is true or how much of it it's just like propaganda and um and brainwashing i guess it was a lot of fun you should check out his work uh at Blue Dog, B L U D O G, 1003. And uh, it was a fun chat. We were uh, going to start off talking, I guess, about uh, uh, the idea that 2012, like, actually, the world actually ended. <laughs> yeah. Can you just tell me what is, what, is, uh, what is this theory that's going around about the world um, having I, already I, ended? I have just talked to a couple of different people in their efforts to try to explain the insanity that seems to be our current state of the world. And some of them have defaulted to the idea that maybe we didn't all survive 2012. That maybe it did happen, but it happened so fast that we're all just sitting around trying to figure out what the hell happened to us. So the idea, the idea, you know, I guess the idea was that the, the, uh, there was a, uh, idea going around that the Mayan calendar said that the world was going to end in 2012. And a lot of people were thinking it might happen. And, yes, and then maybe it did, and maybe we don't. Maybe we're all Nicole Kidman, and we don't realize we're all ghosts. What's that from? I don't know. Nicole. Uh, the end of um, what is the name of that movie? It was her and her kids, and it's an entire movie where they're haunted by ghosts, and then they realize at the end of it that they're the ghosts, and that the people are actually living in their new house. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, the others. That's what it's called. Okay, it's worth a watch. It's a bit of a mind twist, but that's essentially, you know, where'd you come up with it? With the idea that the world had ended? I mean, I had yeah. just, like, uh, 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 encountered it in meme form when uh, people were joking about how uh, uh, one explanation for why uh, things have be- become so surreal, apparently, uh, on, on a real uh, brand new public level. Uh, of weirdness since around 2012 that like one of the ideas was that like well this is actually a really uh, um, a a possibility worth considering I guess I don't know (laughs) (laughs) now is it possible that it's just that we've reached a point in which our brains can't process the information we're getting maybe the world's always been this strange but now that we have the internet and memes and the ability to find out what other people think is strange almost instantaneously yeah I know like is it possible that we're all just having a group psychosis like that's not I know that Osho would say that uh, whatever you believe is crazy you know if you if you believe that you are a secretary working at some office building like that's insane or if that's insane yeah. <laughs> so so he says don't worry about like you don't have to worry about going insane because like let me tell you you Sorry. are you know yeah. <laughs> um but uh the gosh. nature of the talking monkeys but i also um 
it also made me think of Terrence McKenna and that he did write a lot about anomaly and its role. Um, I think he, I think he wrote about its role in evolution. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I didn't really like, I read a few of his books, but certainly not all of them. Um, I was going to say, just out of curiosity, where were you on the 21st of December, 2012? I know that I went back to, uh, um, school, you know, in the fall. And, uh, that was my second year at Columbia. Uh, I feel like finals were going on at that time. Like it just was any other day for me. Like uh, I was That's crazy though. You wrote a book about it. How did you not like, how did you not separate that day from all other days for at least an hour and go, this is the day. Well, my book was kind of about how, um, the date wasn't like that's not the way astrology wasn't important. No, I know. That's not the way astrology works. That like if the uh, if there's any reflection between uh, cycles in human history and like cycles in the cosmos, that they're very slow moving events. Yeah. That like one day, it, like just saying this is the turning point is more symbolic than uh, uh, like. Uh, uh, like that's just not the way that that uh, yeah. things work on a cosmic scale. Like it's not. It's not like an appointment for the universe. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while. It takes. A, I mean, we're talking like uh, you know, thousands of years for the changes to be noticeable. <laughs> and you're not gonna, you're not going to look and say and say December twenty first was the day, but it was just like the five and ten years on either side of it, or the hundred years on either side of it. You know, that that were the turning point. So what if it really was, I guess we're coming up on the seventh year or the sixth year? Yeah. The sixth year. So we've got one more year if, if the Christians are right and it was some seven-year cycle. Well, I mean, and I think it's also important to, like, be clear about what we mean by the end of the world because there are so many different ways for worlds to end and... Um, you know, from looking at these kinds of ideas with, like, indigenous people, for example, I got the impression that when they were talking about the end of the world in uh, in their, you know, myths and prophecies, they weren't talking about the end of the planet. Oh, no, the planet lives on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a very selfish way to put it, considering <laughs> we think we're the world, but no, we're not. Yeah. Are there specific things that you find interesting about the current situation that make you wonder? Um. I don't, I wouldn't say that, but like what I was, what I've been thinking a lot about is derealization, um, which is, I mean, first of all, the idea, like it's coming up today, like I'm a little worried with this concept, this idea that uh, the world ended in 2012 and like now nothing that's happening is real. Um, it's, it's it's an idea that I played with a little bit in earlier podcasts about like dreams and reality and blurring the boundaries. Um, but it's something that I'm seeing coming up in the media. I mean, like the media, social media, especially in ways that are really troubling. Um, first it was with, uh, the fake news, I don't know, movement, um, which has turned into, um, 
right now I'm I'm seeing all of these uh, conspiracy theories popping up about like the Las Vegas shooting didn't really happen. Like that, right. I, I was just looking at this long uh, analysis that's had you know it's on some you know alternative uh, YouTube website, and she's had several hundred thousand. Um, views like where she's like here's my research about like which were the production companies that uh staged this hired all the actors and like you know they're calling them crisis actors the people who came in and pretended like they had been shot and gone to the hospital and had surgery and like um, you're just starting the rabbit hole this goes all the way back to newtown what do you mean the the shooting that school back in i'm trying to find it you know, it would be funny. It probably is 2012. Um, do you remember that there was... Where is it? Sandy Hook. Yeah, sure. And that was December 14th, 2012, oddly enough. Um, but Sandy Hook was one of the first ones where I saw them get online, like 4chan and Reddit, and start talking about crisis actors and that this was fake. And at that point, I couldn't even listen to someone say that because I was watching the news and being like, oh, you know, going to work with middle-aged women who had kids who couldn't stop crying at work because this was the most awful thing they'd ever heard of someone going into shooting up in grade school. So I kind of ignored it, but it is, it is since Sandy Hook happened almost every time there's been a major public shooting. Orlando, there's people you can find that, that people that think Pulse didn't happen. Um, I, I don't know if it's a, uh, a, a form Boston. The Boston bombings are huge. In fact, Reddit got right in the middle of that shit and got you know got some kid in trouble <laughs> who had nothing to do with it. Well, and there's one really big one that uh, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, is missing from the picture too, and that's the Holocaust denial. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, kind of trailblazers. <laughs> trailblazers or, in this idea and nine and nine eleven. But I'm saying, like, I didn't become aware of this. This whole thing of crisis actors—it's real. They are real. There are agencies. Um, the government does, in fact, have have these drills that are done in real life in real places in which they really take, you know, makeup artists and, and put fake limbs on people and make them look like they're damaged. And then they make the local authorities go in and deal with it just to see how it would really be. Like, um, and the only thing that's completely, I don't want to say it's unverifiable because there's, it's documented that it's happened at certain points, but there's almost always, and this is where it gets into the fake news, whether it's the government fucking with us or if it's just people latching on to things to try and like make sense of a world that doesn't make sense. But these drills happen almost simultaneously with some of these events. There really was a drill in Boston when the Boston bombing happened. They, they, and and what, what tends to happen in my conspiracy theories think it's connected is if you have the entire police force prepping for two months for this day where this is going to happen, and then they start to hear things on the radio that it's happening a mile away at a different place, you're going to have the kind of confusion that lets things, that makes things murky, that makes it so all the right people aren't there at the right time, or that things aren't handled in the right way. And I haven't, I haven't gotten into Vegas enough to know whether there was such a thing going on at the same time as Vegas, 
but I do know that London was one of them. The London bombings, it's it's actually documented. There was a guy on TV the day before it happened talking about how tomorrow we're going to have terror drills, and it's going to involve a bus, and it's going to involve a, a bomb in the tube. And then it literally happened. So the question is, who does that? Where does that come from? Why is that? Why is that even part of? Like it's almost as if conspiracies theories are being fed to people. Does that make sense? Which conspiracy theories? It, the, the conspiracy theories that people are currently hooked up with involving whether or not mass tragedies really happen. Wow. The fact that there really are drills and they really do involve the same places and the same things that are happening. Well, why would that even, in a trickster's world, that would make sense. Like if we were in a film, it's almost as if the news and the media have created this environment where it's almost impossible to decipher what's real and what's not, so people stop trying. Like, what? what does that help people to... I mean, I've always found them fascinating. I also find it repugnant because I'm, 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 on Reddit, you can sit there and listen to people who are saying, show me somebody who's actually here, and then you have someone get online. But because of anonymity, there's no way of proving any of it. You'll have somebody get online in response and say, yeah, my sister got shot. My sister's dead. And people will go after them, like in the most vicious ways. <laughs> Well, this is one of the reasons why there's a Holocaust museum, you know, like, uh, um, <laughs> like the, the, there, there are plenty of scholars, you know, who, you know, invite people. If you don't believe there are, uh, uh there's a lot of evidence, you know, there's, there's, some, you know, that there, there are people who are much better, uh, uh, accustomed to talking about that than, <laughs> than I am. But it does seem to me that, uh, we're kind of experiencing, I don't know if it was, I think it was an entirely foreseeable consequence of the death of journalism and newspapers and the rise of uh, social media, you know, well, that the journalists... Is that a way of getting in front of all of that? Because what it really does is it completely discredits uh, social media journalism. Which, on one hand, is probably one of, can be one of the purest forms of journalism at this point. Does that make sense? Yes, but also, like, it comes with all of the, uh, um... The garbage. <laughs> the garbage, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, um, what, what did, uh, uh, there's a book the, about extraordinary popular delusions and the madness of crowds... Uh, that was the title of the book. It, it's uh, it's it's you know an older book, maybe uh, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. But uh, well, are like before the internet, <laughs> way before. Um, but but I think there's a case to be made for having, uh, you know, I mean, I think there was a, there was an important case which I don't know if anyone made it that like uh, journalists shouldn't have been ever uh, operating under uh, capitalist uh, uh, pressures because there were, were at one point um, a critical part of American democracy and mm -hmm. uh, without someone, I mean, it should have always been considered a nonprofit uh, uh, 
publicly funded job. But, but the fact that there's so much omission in our history, there's a lot of omission that happened in the news. Yeah. Right up through now. <laughs> well, and there, the, and I think the newspapers were always uh, private, and they always had a uh, data bank. They had what? Data bank. Yeah. Newspapers have always had a particular bank for sure. Yes. Um, but I also think that like the journalists who were working for them weren't people who just like decided that that was the job they wanted to do. I mean, maybe at one point, like, that was part of their story, but they also went through a training process, you know? Yeah, so I agree. You know, how, how to, to do this in a professional way. This actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree with that, but uh, but I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree that news in our lifetime has ever not been a form of propaganda. So, but I do, when it comes down to it, like, I do think that something is real and that it matters. And that's what I feel like it's, it's valuable to go through the experience of derealization so that uh, when you return to reality, it can be uh, more clear. I don't know. I guess that like that derealization is almost in itself like a kind of near-death experience or a a yes. rebirth, yeah. yeah. But something is. But does everybody come back from that? <laughs> come back from what? From the derealization. Is it possible that right now our society is going in through group mass derealization? That they're all starting to real, and whether it's better or worse, that they're all eventually going to come to terms with the same thing eventually once they go through this. It's almost like we're all growing up and we all have to realize, oh, everything we've been told our whole life isn't necessarily true. Well, sure. And what are you going to do about that? But, but usually that happens to an individual on an individual level, personally, very personally. But what happens when entire Western culture goes through it at the same time, aided by the fact that we can all experience it at the same time? Shiva, Shiva, Mahadev.